As we know, we're going to be in Psalm 91 as we were, uh, as it was read to us from Dwayne. We thank you, Dwayne, for laying it out for us and helping us to, to hear it in full. Uh, so as we get started, let's, let's bow our heads and pray and we'll, we'll get into the service today. All right, Lord, we thank you for this brand new opportunity to search through your word. Let us be encouraged today to hear of how great you take care of us. Let us put our trust in you more and more as you sanctify us, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Psalm 91. Uh, the title of this psalm is My Refuge and My Fortress. Before we dive into the psalm, Let's talk about what the text is saying to us. The text is a song. Specifically, it is a song of Israel. As the title portrays, it is a song that steers us to put our trust in God. He is my refuge and my fortress. So this leads us to say that we can find our security, our hope, our confidence in God. This also can lead us to some very natural questions that we can ask ourselves. Have we seen this in our lives? Have we put our hope, our trust, our confidence, our security in God? What was the outcome when we fully put our hope, our confidence, our security our trust in God. I pray we have done this and have seen what God can do for us. On the other side, are you internally frantic? Is life pushing you side to side like you are in a storm and being tossed back and forth with the waves of life? Do you see the Lord your Heavenly Father, ruling over all that washes into your life. Do you see the Lord, or sorry, do you see Him nurturing you along in life, loving you, protecting you, working all for good? Know that you can find your rest in Him today. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says that this is who God is. Jesus said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He is our refuge and our fortress. So if you're feeling the heat from the, peace, from the pace of life being too great, and we have too much to do and not enough time to do it, or a relationship that is troubling you, or take a second and fill in the blank, on what is happening in your life. I would love to invite you to seek Jesus in the labor of life. Not just things that we do, but the things that are stirring our hearts, good or bad. Consult the Lord, and he will give you rest. Now let's look into this psalm. This psalm can be broken into four parts. The first part being, God is my refuge. 
looking at the first two verses. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The first couple verses here set the tone for the whole psalm. We see that God is a safe place for all who seek refuge in him. We see this is supported by a couple names of God, Most High and Almighty. The psalmist is building up to say that God is trustworthy. So this draws my heart to Matthew 22, 36 through 40. It says, Teacher, this is the Pharisees talking, which is the great, great commandment in the law. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Through this, we see the posture in which we are to draw to God. Knowing God is a safe place to find refuge and rest, he is the Most High and the Almighty God. We should love God with all we have. In the second part of the psalm, uh, we can take verses 3 through 8. And we can title this as, we will, or, He Will Protect You From Danger. It says, For He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, and from the deadly pestilence He will cover you with His pinions, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler, you will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will look, or you will only look with your eyes, and see the recompense of the wicked. So these, are verse, these verses are addressing you, singular. They are speaking personally to each one of us. Let's take a closer look at the benefits of the one who puts their trust in the Lord. The first one, he delivers you from the snare of the fowler, which is a metaphor for the schemes of those who hate the ones who love God. The second one, deliverance from pestilence and destruction, namely diseases that God sends on his enemies or his unfaithful people. Number three is he is a shield and a buckler or a small shield meant for hand-to-hand -hand combat. So a shield to keep us from danger. Number four is no fear while under attack. 
This envisions God's people under attack. A thousand may fall, but God, as if he were a protecting bird, covers with his wings, providing a shadow from the heat of war. We also need to see this as the psalmist has written it. We are not describing every situation of danger. It would clearly be untrue if we were. Faithful people have fallen prey to these and others. It is, it is best to use verse 8 to guide us, pointing to cases in which these events, plagues, and battle are sent as God's recompense on the wicked, whether Gentile or Israelite. In these cases, the faithful can be sure of God's protection. Section 3, verses 9 through 13. We can title this section, His Angels Will Watch Over You. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. This section continues the description of safety, but adds the involvement of God's angels and directly tying them to the safety of the ones who make God the Most High their refuge. Angels being divinely sent messengers who carry out God's will. We also see the mention of plagues, which is reminiscent of the plagues of Egypt. In Genesis 12, 17, it says, But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. So we can see that it is God who is bringing the plagues. He is certainly capable of keeping the plague from our tent. Also clarifying, in this context, this, in Scripture, this is describing the safety, safety of the faithful in a time of God's judgment. So evil or everlasting harm cannot befall them, even when they suffer for their connection to those whom God judges. Makes me think, who am I connecting myself with? Am I connecting myself with Jesus and what he wants and wills to do? Or I am, going to follow, am I going with the flow of life? And if you've gone with the flow, you know as well as I do, that can get you in a tight spot. So let's continue. Uh, if we flip over to Luke 4, 5 through 12. Okay, it reads, And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, 
for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will, be, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. These passages show the willful misuse of the psalmist's passage by the devil to try to, to, try to get Jesus to fall into temptation. The psalmist does not encourage the faithful to put themselves in unnecessary danger. Jesus denounces the idea as testing God. This teaches us to know God's word and the context of the verses. It is important. It is also very important uh, or very interesting that the devil uses this passage to try to get Jesus uh, to, to fall to temptation because no person outside of Jesus rests so fully in God than him. Let's look at verse 13. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. This is figurative speech for the dangers to those who would desire to harm the people of God. If we were to step on a lion or a serpent like a cobra, it would most likely be our last step if we were not delivered by God himself. But likewise, it is the last day if God is with us. In the fourth and final section of the scriptures today, we will look at verses 14 through 16. And we could title this section, Because He Loves Me, I Will Deliver Him. All right, verse 14. Because He holds fast to me in love, I will deliver Him. I will protect Him because He knows my name. When He calls to me, I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble. I will rescue Him and honor Him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So the psalm closes by laying out what trust looks like. A faithful person holds fast to God in love. He knows God's name and he calls to God in times of trouble. We read that God pledges to care for his faithful ones to deliver, protect, answer, rescue, and be with them in times of trouble. As well, he honors, honors those 
who have done this. God will bestow on this person long life, a length of days in which they will enjoy God's salvation. I would like to take a minute to look back at Matthew eleven, twenty-eight through 30. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As we look at this passage in whole, we see that Jesus is gentle and lowly in heart. This is a kind man. We place our trust in him, and his burden is light, and his yoke is easy. Jesus is our key to salvation, to eternal life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So come learn from Jesus. Take this to heart, and you may have rest and peace. Hold fast to God in love, and he will surely deliver you. In close, I'd like to share with you a hymn from Charles Wesley. It reads, Jesus, my all in all thou art, my rest in toil, my ease in pain, the healing of my broken heart. In war, my peace, in loss, my gain, my smile beneath the tyrant's frown, in shame, my glory, and my crown. In want, my plentiful supply, in weakness, my almighty power, in bonds, my perfect liberty. My light in Satan's darkest hour. In grief, my joy unspeakable. My life in death, my heaven in hell. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for always being with us in good and in bad. We delight in your presence, God. I ask that you would shine your face upon us as we face a new week, that you would draw our hearts to shelter in your steadfast love. Help us this week to be more like Christ, gentle and humble. In Jesus' name, amen.